our scripture lesson for this morning is one of the stories of the prophet Elijah. Are there any young people here who were in the church musical about Elijah? Are there any adults here who saw the church musical about Elijah? Oh, we have many of them. In the church musical, you will remember that we heard and saw a story about when the prophet Elijah was challenged by Queen Jezebel and her prophets, and Elijah called down fire upon Mount Carmel to prove that Yahweh was God, and Elijah made it rain after the great drought, and Elijah defeated Jezebel's prophets. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how Elijah had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then Elijah was afraid, and he got up and fled for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And Elijah asks that he might die. It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. He looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. Elijah ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him, and said, Get up and eat, otherwise the journey will be too much for you. Elijah got up and ate and drank, and then he went in the strength of that forty days and forty nights to Mount Horeb, the Mount of God. And at that place he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. God said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound 
of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed the prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael as king over Aram. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we come before you this day, and we want your presence in our lives. When we are tired and worn out, we need to know that you hear us. We need you to speak to our souls. And so we come this day longing to hear a word from you. So speak to us. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. In the car yesterday, I was asking my family about things that need to be renewed. We were working on the sermon. And we came up with things like your driver's license, your automobile registration, magazine subscriptions, maybe prescriptions. But then we realized as we were talking that so many things these days just renew automatically, which can be good if we want them to. But when we haven't gone to the gym for four or five months, we really don't want that necessarily to be automatically renewed and then we have to go and find the necessary forms and click all the proper links to be able to stop that automatic renewal. And there are some things that we don't ever get a notice for or aren't automatically renewed but nonetheless need to be renewed like our spirits. Elijah was long past renewal. He was burnt out, depressed. He was ready to give up. He had lost perspective. He was not all alone. There were 7,000 other prophets who were with him, as well as God. Elijah had had it. He said, that's it, God. I'm done. I quit Let me die. Of course, God does not let Elijah quit and die. Elijah has, God has Elijah go to sleep, get some rest. God sends an angel to bring food 
and water, maybe a casserole, maybe a nice bottle of wine. And Elijah goes to sleep again. And another angel comes with more food and more to drink. And Elijah goes on a journey. Elijah goes on an intentional journey to seek out God. Our faith practice that we're going to talk about today is pilgrimage. It is that intentional practice of making a journey for an intentional blessing from God to encounter God, to encounter the communion of saints. And so we as Presbyterians of the Protestant Reformation, we don't do pilgrimage so much. Other people can go to Bethlehem and kiss the spot where Mary gave birth to Jesus. Other people can make that trek to Lourdes. That, that got thrown out in the Protestant Reformation because we are an intellectual people and we can go on journeys in our minds. Our pilgrimage is the inward journey. The, and we need the inward journey, but we have lost something by giving up the outer journey. Augustine said, it is solved by walking. It is one thing to think in our heads and know that Jesus goes with us. It is an entirely other thing to make a journey to walk and meet Jesus on the way in the company of strangers, in the events that happen, in the support we get, in the food we eat, all along the way. Our faith is not simply an intellectual exercise. It is something to be experienced. Elijah went to the most holy place that he knew. Mount Sinai, also called Mount Horeb, was the mountain on which Moses met God. Right? Burning bush. Right? And Moses went up on Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments, and while he was up there, something happened to the people down below. They were not behaving well. What happened? They made something out of gold. The golden calf. They created their own god, their own idol, and they worshipped that while Moses was up there talking to God. And when Moses came down, he broke the tablets. He was so furious. And God said, that's it, Moses. You can lead the people to the promised land. I'll send an angel, but I'm not going. Well, Moses got rather concerned about this. And so Moses went back up on Mount Sinai to have another sit-down with God. And Moses said, have I found favor with you? And God said, well, yes. And Moses said, well, if I really found favor with you, I want to see you. I want you to show me your glory. 
And God said, well, you can't see me face to face or you will die. But, Moses, I will set you in the cleft of the rock and I will pass by you and I will cover your eyes. But as I pass by you, you will be able to see the back of my glory. And so God did that. And Moses was there and was in that backside of the glory of God. And then Moses said to God, If I found favor with you, you got to come with us. And God said, Okay, let's go. Elijah goes not only to Mount Sinai, but that cave where Elijah sleeps, that is the cleft in the rock. Elijah is there because he wants to see God in all of God's glory for what God has put him through. He wants a blessing. And there in the cleft of the rock, Elijah hears God say, what are you doing here? You can sort of hear God saying, Elijah, you brought down fire upon Mount Carmel. I, I was with you there. And you made the drought end, and I was with you there. By the way, you also raised the dead son of the widow at Zarephath, and I was with you there. And you defeated the Jezebel's prophets, and I was with you there. And you are not alone, by the way, Elijah. There are 7,000 other prophets. Elijah, what are you doing here? And God listens while Elijah pours it all out. And then God says, go and stand, and I will pass by you just as I passed by Moses. But it's different, isn't it? If you've ever watched a thunderstorm over a lake, you will know that because of the water, you can hear it coming from miles away. You can hear the thunder rolling in. And you can see the lightning and when the lightning gets closer, you can even see it reflect off the water. And it is an awesome experience as the wind kicks up and the white caps start on the lake and you can hear that rain come and have it come just as sheets and sheets in the wind and in the rain. And in that awesome power, you can know how God is great and mighty and then when the storm has passed and the wind has died down and the thunder has gone and the lake becomes like glass before the bullfrogs start again and the mist is rising there is a calm a quiet 
that can be just as awesome, if not more so, than the storm. And that's what Elijah experienced. That calm, supreme peace. After the drama, in the silence. Elijah, what are you doing here? And Elijah pours it out again. And God says, I know. Go back and get to work. And Elijah does. It's enough. Elijah goes back and does what God has called him to do. This summer, my challenge to you is to make a pilgrimage. You don't have to go to Mount Sinai or even Bethlehem or Iona. You know the places that are holy to you. You know where you might go to find God. It may be in that nature hike. It may be at your mother's cemetery. It may be going to the National Cathedral. It may be going to the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial or a place such as that where the justice and the sacrifice in the name of God and for God's people is just so real that you go there for a blessing that intentional journey. Now, Friday, we're going to get into the Honda Odyssey and drive 1,300 miles to Maryfield, Minnesota, nine miles outside of Brainerd. Some of you have heard of this place before. And we will make that journey. It is a vacation, not exactly a pilgrimage. But we will go, and there may be at least one holy site for when we were um, up there many several years ago, we had previous to that trip gone to a Buddhist temple in upstate New York, and it's like the biggest Buddhist temple, and there's a Buddha, giant Buddha there that's two stories high, and this made quite an impression on my girls because when we went to Paul Bunyan land, and saw the big giant Paul Bunyan, they said, look, Mom, the Buddha. We had some re-education to do at that point. I did, however, go online to the Crow Wing County important historical sites, and I found 32 historical sites in Crow Wing County, Minnesota. Now... It's true that seven of them are water towers. (laughs) But there are also three ancient Indian burial grounds. And I discovered that on one of the bike trails that we ride, there is some ancient, or ancient, historic manor building. 
And if not pilgrimages, these are at least places to go on an adventure together and see if we can't discover something about God. There's always the seven-mile bike ride to Niswa, where for at least 30 years we've gone to eat at the A&W. And sometime, when the mosquitoes aren't too bad, I'll go out and sit on the boat dock over the lake where my family has gone for three quarters of a century. And I will listen for the thunder and wait for the lightning or simply watch the mist come off the lake and know that God is there. Go on a pilgrimage. Take a walk. God goes with us and meets us. And we will be renewed. Amen.